Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. I'm Derek. I'm Craig. And I'm Ben. This week, we're going to be talking about social media, the tech of Stranger Things 2, and net neutrality. Without further ado, let's get started. Thanks to a recommendation from the Slack, I have subscribed to a new podcast that I really like uh, named The Art of Godliness. It's by a friend of the show, Tim Challies, and his pastor, Paul Martin. And there are 10 episodes in. This week's episode was on social media. And I found it to be uh, very helpful in parsing a few things that I'd been thinking about but hadn't had the right uh, language really to talk about. And so I wanted to bring some of that uh, to you guys to hear your thoughts on how this hits you and how it affects your lives. So uh, first off, one of the things they started with was some really interesting and staggering stats. Uh, so I will share some of those, but not all of them. You can go listen to the, the podcast if you like. There will be a link in the show notes. Um, but 43% of people are constant checkers. That means they check their phone every time a notification goes off. So they're like, ding, check, ding, check. It's like 43% of the population. And one-third of those constant checkers say that they will not meet with family and friends because of social media. And then finally, one-third of millennials say social media helped them find their identity, which I was uh, very shocked by that last one. What does that mean? I'm not really sure. They didn't go on to clarify. But I'm sure some sense of uh, who I am and what I am to be doing in the world comes from social media for young folks like us. You get all that from a profile picture? (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to cover three things in particular from this particular podcast episode. The first is they identified overuse of social media, I think rightly and biblically, as addiction. We don't usually talk in those terms uh, with regard to social media because it's sort of a socially acceptable thing. Everyone does it, and so... Uh, if I am too attached to it, it's of course it's not addiction, uh, but in reality, I think biblically that's that's what it is. Uh, more and more, the reality is more and more people are crafting social media to be addictive. Uh, they're quote unquote hacking the human brain, as Charlie's put it, so that they can make money off of us. So what you're saying is that is that tech itself is is enacting its power over us. Well, I actually noticed that Tim Challies took a dog in the tech is neutral fight, and he just said that it was. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have a direct quote on the third point that I wanted to talk about that I'll read just for you, Derek. Okay, all right. I read a quote recently on the the show in one of the articles we looked at um, from the co-founder of Facebook that said the same thing, that... I guess that they're trying to build an addiction when they when they created Facebook and extended it beyond a single university campus. They were trying to create an addictive platform. His his words were something like something that consumes all of your available time, or <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's designed mm-hmm. to kind of keep your attention for as long as possible. I think it was the cryptocurrency um, article. So I guess that follows addiction in the terms of the person you're referring to. Maybe is not. Um an inherently wrong thing, but we would say like looking at it, addiction considered biblically is sinful, right? We don't want to be, um, and this is sort of the second point, we don't want to be mastered by or addicted to um, anything. We don't want to be mastered by anything. And so they they brought in this helpful paradigm of either social media is going to master us or we are going to master it. Those are, There are two options there. There's no, there's no neutral in that sense, right, Derek, that either yeah. uh, it's going to be the master or we are. And so, um, just thinking about Paul's words, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. 
um, and, and that we should not be mastered by anyone as Christians. Yep, apart from Jesus, right? Right, of course. So on this point of being mastered by it or mastering it, one mm. of the things that they talked about was how we could know uh, if we're, we're being mastered by it. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's brought up, um, what's the last thing that you do before you go to bed? And what's the first thing that you do uh, when you wake up? Is it checking social media? Now, for me, more often than not, it is. And uh, mm. one of the tips I took from Andy Crouch's book uh, was to charge my phone outside of my bedroom. And I did that for a season, several months, and it works really well. And for some reason, I have fallen back into the same patterns of unhelpfulness in charging it right next to my bed because it's an alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the idea there is get an alarm clock because then you won't be tempted to check it last thing and first thing. You won't be able to physically. Do you guys have that problem? Is it the first thing or the last thing that you do every day? Uh, it's usually, it's sometimes is the first thing I do. It's often the first thing I do but it's not always the last thing I do because I do, I do tend to pray before I go to bed. So, um, and not every single night, but that like I try to, that's that I try to make that my discipline that I definitely have a time of prayer before I fall asleep. And to me, that's more relaxing than looking at my phone, which is super bright and (laughs) wakes me up anyway. Um, but yeah, often in the morning at the other end of the day when I'm just sort of starting because I'm turning, like you said, turning off my alarm, maybe checking the weather for the day um, those kinds of things. Anyway, I'm already on my phone. Then it's pretty tempting to hit the what's happened on Facebook overnight. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to toot my horn here and say that I don't t- check social media in the morning or in the evening for the very first or last thing. I'm just it's not tooting my horn because I do other things on my phone. Uh, it just happens the social media <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is not those things. But um, I mean, normally, like Tanya and I kind of had a, have a bedroom have a bedtime routine where we plug in our phones. Um, it's not right next to our bed. It's kind of at the foot of our bed. So I guess that's enough separation that, you know, we just kind of talk before we go to bed and then we go to bed. And, um, but in the morning, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'm there. Sometimes I'll do it to wake up. Um, if I'm really groggy, but usually I'm just either up because of children and I need to go take care of them right away or, uh, up because I have to go to work and that sort of thing. That's good. And the second thing that they mentioned about knowing whether or not you're being mastered or whether you are mastering is disappointment over the number of likes. So uh, they talked about a really sad reality of um, the youth is that they will post a picture on Instagram and if it doesn't get enough likes in the first 10 minutes, they will delete it because it's embarrassing for it not to be liked enough. Oh my goodness. And that sort of is an extreme case. But I think even in our lives and in maybe the folks who are listening, um, we can think through whether we're disappointed that something wasn't liked or commented on uh, as much as we would have liked. Maybe we don't go to the extreme of deleting the post, uh, but I can think of a couple of times when that's happened, and and that's a discipline we have to wean ourselves off of, not being defined by or receiving our identity from how much people like Mm -hmm. or comment on our stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this is something that I look at as a parent. Like I'm kind of aware of this being a thing that... I, I remember when this was a thing for me that, you know, I was really disappointed if I didn't get likes. I'm not sure if I would have gone to the extent of deleting it, uh, yeah. but because um, that just wasn't how I thought about it. But uh, I do know that this is a thing for kids that that um, likes are important and that if we can get past, like, this is almost like the thing that I want to be able to help my children work through, that if they can get past if they can get past this addictive um, need for likes, um, 
then you know they 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 can be empowered to conquer a lot of things that might otherwise be addictive like cuz they then understand the process and it's a fairly harmless you know process to go through here anyway it it is it is kind of interesting that that is our uh um uh, you know this generation's uh means of you know of uh fluffy happiness i guess i could well, say well and it's not so surprising either we i mean we raise our kids behind the camera in a lot of cases, you know, I mean, and in a lot of ways out of good desire, like we, we want to capture the moments as they go by and keep them to reminisce on later. And, and there's not necessarily anything inherently wrong with that. But, but if your, your child is raised behind the camera so that they expect that everything is going to be filmed or posted, mm-hmm. uh, then, I mean, of course they're not going to want to jump off the cliff unless you'll, you're going to post it to social media. Right. So Charlie's concluded, uh, Facebook, he doesn't know of anyone in the world that knows more about you than Facebook, which is kind of a scary thing to think about. And the reality is that Facebook exists to make money and that we are the product. And that doesn't make it an evil program, he says. What it does mean is you need to exercise mastery of it. And so I'll conclude where he did. Our sponsor this week is Missional Wear, your reformed theology gift shop. It is Christmas time, so you know you got to find something for that uh, for that reformer in your life, that uh, person who's just nerdy about theology. Well, we all have like one or two of those, um, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you know a few. So, if you still need Christmas gifts, and that's probably a yes, you should send your little self all o- all the way over to missionalware.com. They now have their uh, grayscaled Romans poster. It's this poster that has the entirety of the text of Romans on it, and then it has, like, lightly over top of it, just a big lettered Romans. And they now have that in both the ASV and original Greek, which, uh, you know, for for a budding theologian, that's just, especially if they're Calvinists, is just going to send them over the edge. They've got uh, bow ties now with Spurgeon and Calvin on them. They're just delightful. So if you're a bow tie person, you can get those. If you would like to pick some of these up, go over to missionalware.com. Let them know that you heard about them from us at checkout and get your lifestyle on mission to the glory of God. Thank you, Mission Aware, for sponsoring this week of Tech Reformation. I'm super excited for my topic this week because I want to talk a little bit about Stranger Things 2. Uh, you guys have both seen it, is that right? Yes, yes. yes. And now, now, are we going to be talking things that the spoilery things, or is we're going to stay high level? Yeah, we won't go into um, serious specifics. We will talk about some specific aspects of uh, the way the narrative is told, but nothing that actually, like in this episode, this happens and it, it's a disaster or it's a really good thing or whatever. Nothing that kind of gives away the storyline so that you won't want to watch it or you'll feel like it's been ruined. So, no okay. actual spoilers. Okay, 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 okay. Off. Before that, how about this? Spoiler alert. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, that's, that's we're not, no. Okay, I'm, I'm cutting that out. I'm bleeping that. That's not going in. I, I look out for your protection, dear listeners. <laughs> yeah, all right. That would, yeah, no. That's not even the most interesting thing that happens in the season. But yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I came across an interesting article which kind of got me thinking just along the lines of what we've been talking about a bit recently, and I guess it flows on from Ben's discussion as well. Um, and that is, it's almost like the Duffer brothers have grown up sort of just on the edge or just prior to the um, cell phone boom 
but for the obviously for the last 10 years of their lives, just like the rest of us, um, cell phones have been uh, so ubiquitous in the way that they that we operate as people and as people who interact with one another that they've essentially ended up giving the characters in this show that's set back in the 80s cell phones without actually giving them cell phones. Um, so the one of the examples they give is they say that um, if you take the first time that we see the characters in this season, uh, this is the first time we see the kids, um, Dustin's running around his house collecting quarters for the arcade and scheming with the gang on walkie-talkies. So walkie-talkies have been around for a long time, but to put them as like the key communication device between characters um, when the characters are not in the same room is kind of an interesting way of making what is a like a current day technology um, in terms of a cell phone uh, contextually appropriate for the 1980s, but still giving those characters the ability to interact instantly um, f- from a distance like they would have now. Um, so that's not entirely unusual, but then they talk about the fact that not only do they use handheld walkie-talkies, but Dustin is part of the AV club, and so he's nerdy enough to have a hands-free headset so he can walk around on train tracks and um, you know, all over the town basically and still have crystal clear conversations with his um, friends who are miles away, which probably, I don't know how, how true that was to the 1980s. Um, I was born in 85, so I can't exactly remember um, how many people were walking around with walkie-talkies, but I just don't think it was it was as present as it is in the show, if you know what I mean. And then there's also other things like the, the police radio um, that comes into play. Uh, in terms of um, there's some Morse code that happens and things like that and also just communicating across police radio. So, it's kind of like they've just kept the ca- the characters in contact with each other um, all the time in some way, um, often through walkie-talkies and, and things like that. And then there's also a video camera. So, there's a new character this season um, played by Sean Astin and he has a JVC camcorder because he just happens to work at Radio Shack. So, um, <laughs> just th- this interesting thing of co- connectivity and technology um, being sort of new in that time period, um, but still very much the standard way of um, moving the narrative forward by allowing the people to interact. Have you guys noticed that or is there anything else that you've kind of noticed about the tech in Stranger Things other than that it's super retro in terms of the arcade games and stuff like that? Well, the retro part is the coolest thing. <laughs> and also, Dustin is the sort of thing by... The whole dart. I love Dustin. You you need to you need to just stop stop saying things right now. <laughs> Ben's Ben's just trying to to ruin the whole season. Dustin is my favorite. Dustin's everyone's favorite who's serious about the show. Surely. Yeah. No. This is this is an interesting observation. I wouldn't have quite picked this out. I actually wonder. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of like the classic geeky um, '80s movies. I wonder if this kind of thing plays out. Uh, in in other like true 80s movies to some it does extent in, because in Back to the Future they use walkie-talkies as well just to jump in with that yeah uh, Marty and the Doc talk on walkie-talkies in Back to the Future okay all right yep yeah but I guess the reality that maybe Derek's bringing up is that we're sort of looking back at the 80s from our current lens and so mm-hmm. yes technology is ubiquitous now but that doesn't necessarily mean it was then and maybe we're portraying as if portraying then as if it was because it is now. Yeah. This this doesn't like portray it as being ubiquitous then because these kids are clearly nerds and these are the things that they're into. Well, yeah, that's true. Nobody else has walkie-talkies. Um, it's just them. 
Um, they also dressed up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Total <laughs> nerds. Uh, but it's really cool. And he made a he made a, a, a motor to go in his robot in his uh, Ghostbusters costume, so it looked like there was a ghost actually trapped in there, which is just extra geeky. I like to think that we would dress up as the Ghostbusters on Halloween, the four of us, you know, if Tank were here. Oh, that would be nice. I don't, I haven't seen Ghostbusters, as I've said before. What? Wait a minute, (laughs) what? I know, it's one of those movies, there's a long, long line of things that I still need to watch. Um, And that's one of them. Wow. We are going to kill the show right now so Derek can go. Is that because you weren't allowed to watch Ghostbusters? Is that what you said? Oh yeah, I wouldn't have been allowed to watch Ghostbusters. That's for sure. But uh, I just haven't since then so i don't know it's, it's one of those things i'm not going to be able to recover from that one i'm very sidetracked well whether or not you've seen ghostbusters i do recommend you watch stranger things too um it is a cool show they have done a really good job putting it together um tell us what you think in the slack about this kind of thing whether or not you think they've um uh, trying to make the 80s and today sort of the same in terms of um, communication uh and yeah tell us if there's, any, if there's anything else you that sort of stood out to you there is a film and tv channel in the slack so um if you want to jump in there and, and chat about it try not to spoil it for everyone else but probably if you haven't watched it by now um maybe don't go into the film and tv thing maybe hold off a bit until you've watched it and um see how you go so i figured uh, we should probably bring up net neutrality again even though i feel like we've talked about this like 16 times at this point Yet another installment in the saga. Uh, The FCC has uh, released the final draft of its proposal to destroy net neutrality. This is coming from The Verge's um, article on this, um, where they're going to be... I I think they're voting, I think, December 12th, December 14th, something something around that time. 14th. 14th. Um, But in its proposal, the commission calls its its 2015 net neutrality ruling a misguided and legally flawed approach. It repeatedly states that the 2015 order aired was incorrect and came to erroneous conclusions. Removing these rules, the commission now argues, will facilitate critical broadband investment and innovation by removing regulatory uncertainty, and lowering compliance costs. The proposal also argues that consumer protections simply aren't necessary because the Federal Trade Commission will now have oversight of ISPs. Federal Trade Commission is another uh, independent agency that um, uh, basically deals with antitrust and anti-competitive things, breaking that that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, do you think it's going to pass? Do you think it's not going to? Uh, there has been quite a lot of uh, upheaval over on the internet over this the past week and a half, and I'd be interested in hearing your, what your guys what you guys have to say. So I don't have enough insight into the process to speculate in an educated way on whether or not it's going to pass. But I, I did want to ask you, Derek because mm-hmm. you probably know the most about this out of all of us. Could you help me in a non-polemical way understand why anyone is against net neutrality? Um, I will try to be as gracious on this as I can. Because <laughs> um, I, I still don't fully understand it myself. Like, I- So what we have here is basically people uh, going against net neutrality because it puts additional burdens on ISPs. And the theory is that if you take those regulations off you know republicans are very for anti-regulatory stuff Mm -hmm. because it puts more burden on businesses they can't you know innovate or or Mm -hmm. it 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 
you know, increases costs, whatever. Um, so the, see, the idea here is that, um, it, it takes these, these rules off the books so that they can innovate so that they can, um, you know, do what, what they need to, to improve their network, uh, that these regulations could, you know, do bad things to the network. It's, it's a very, it's kind of a libertarian thing a little bit. Um, yeah, I definitely understand but, the other side that the burden on consumers of, you know, if, so if, um, if Amazon gets charged more because they're shipping more or whatever, like there's more traffic through there, right? then the consumers end up paying for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets the cost, the added cost gets offloaded to consumers if Netflix has to pay more going through mm-hmm. AT&T services. Or They'll put their like prices that. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you get into sort of the bundled ISP realm of things where you can pay for, you know, you can pay X price for faster Netflix speeds and it's just kind of a crazy nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Isn't there also an issue in the US? I know there, I think there is in Australia as well. Certainly there wasn't the last town I was living in where um, like certain ISPs, are, like you only have, depending on where you live, you only have one option for an ISP. So... With the, if you're not happy with your speeds and stuff through your ISP, you don't have anywhere to go to change that. Yeah, is that exactly? True? And so is that not also like an like a problem that stems from um, if they start throttling different services and stuff through different ISPs? Then well, I think that's more antitrust. If you only have one option, you're in, there's a danger of there being a monopoly, and then they can sort of fix prices, and they don't have any competition to disrupt that. Where I'm from, there's two legitimate choices and they both suck so (laughs) you're not in much of a better spot yeah and that's where this really uh throttles my data so to speak um throwback season one literally turning uh, turning, (laughs) overturning net neutrality would be great if there was 20 options for everyone to get internet anywhere in the u.s or even you know, anywhere in the U.S. If there was one place in the U.S. you could you could have 20 options to get internet that's just not the reality typically like 20 isps like across the world are mm -hmm. there i mean maybe like really small ones but not 20 the size of at&t and comcast there are regional ones there's like three or four big ones in the u.s if you count the the cell phone carriers there's more so here where i'm at in little lancaster pennsylvania we have i have the option of basically comcast something something satellite which is terrible uh and like cell phone providers and so if comcast decides that they want to uh throttle video for something because they don't want me using that much video well then i really don't have another option unless cell phone providers get good enough with you know upcoming 5g stuff that they can do that it's this is a really significant antitrust thing and the problem with putting everything over on the federal trade commission is that antitrust hammers don't come down very often. They just don't. Um, so yeah, having this free of regulation where people can do anything they want is problematic and, uh, puts, uh, and puts biz- the businesses in far more power than the consumer. The consumer has no power here. Yeah, it seems like more often the sort of antitrust type of thing is that it it blocks a merger. It, it's not that a bigger company is broken up as as often. Right. Like all uh, the railroad. Mm-hmm. Yep. If if Verizon and Comcast were to be broken up because net neutrality was getting overturned, that would be better. I would be 
more okay with that. But yeah, anyway. So that's the rundown. Um, I would guess that this is definitely going to go through because the FCC does not have to listen to public opinion, even though public opinion has made itself very, very clear over the past, you know, couple of weeks. Um, public opinion is not always right either, although on this issue... On on this, of course we're right. Of course we're right on this issue. <laughs> well, on this, issue, well, on this issue, it's an issue that affects consumers primarily, and yeah. so therefore they should have a say. Exactly. This is why a republic's better than a democracy, for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not neutri- not net neutrality. Like obviously, yeah. we're seeing the the downside of it here. But I mean, Craig's point that public opinion is not always right is true, and that's why representatives are better than just a pure democracy where everyone has an equal say. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, so that's the rundown on net neutrality. Um, Try not to freak out. You know, we do have a sovereign God. And when Democrats get back in office, which is inevitable after this administration, uh, we'll probably see net neutrality come around again. So I think you're going to regret those words. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is all obviously that's that's all speculation. Keep America great in 2020. (laughs) Yep. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. I feel sorry for my American friends, including you guys. Anyway, now that we've uh, made everyone angry, uh, let's wrap up. That's a good. Pl- that's as good a place to end as any. It pretty yeah. much. <laughs> anti-Trump, antitrust, anti-Trump. Anyway, <laughs> if you would like to connect with us, you can do so by jumping in our Slack workspace. Sign up for free at slack.techreformation.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Uh, with with all those 280 characters you now have to uh, to type at us we'd love to hear your feedback or hear your your um, suggestions for future episodes I, I we've definitely gotten episode suggestions uh, in the slack that we're taking into consideration we're still working on um, so yeah we do listen to that kind of thing and I'm always ready to subscribe to another great podcast so shoot us those recommendations yeah. And if you want more great episodes from our podcast, check out our back catalog at techreformation.com. This has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hello and welcome to episode 102, 102 or 102. What's our style guide on this? Uh, actually, you don't say and. And is reserved for decimals. You say 102. Oh, that seems even stranger. No, you say 102. I'm you sure I said and. 101 last week, but it's actually, technically speaking, it's 102. We're going 102. <laughs> yeah, 102. 102. But it's not an O. It's a zero. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we could do 102. That's fine. No, no, you can do 102 no, if you want. No, that's an American thing. That is not how you do it. <laughs> it's 102. 102. <laughs> Hold on, I'm Googling it. Because it's 100. It's like it's like base 10 maths, right? So 100 is the 10 unit, and mm-hmm. then it's and two single units. Yeah. See, that's what I was 100 thinking, 102. No, <laughs> it's actually 101. So says Wolfram Math World, Wolfram Alpha. There they yeah, I are. bet that's an American website. Uh, to be fair, I identify Wolfram Alpha as a German site, so therefore it's a German site. And since, we're in a, since when do we follow Germany in anything other than the Reformation? It's true for me, guys. You can have what's true for you. But this is true for me. <laughs>
Okay. All right. So 102. Let's just do 102. It's shorter to say. Than le- it is less, less cumbersome. I feel more strongly about not doing 102, but I don't have any more executive vetoes, so you guys can just go <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Tech Reformation. (laughs) No, no, that's not a real thing. I think my facepalm was audible on my recording. It was, it hurt. It sounded like it hurt.